0: Chapter 12 The Joey in the Clearing The Cloud Racer drew close to the treetops, still spewing ever-growing plumes of steam and smoke from the cogs and gears beneath the main propeller. Simpha looked tense as she kept pulling back on levers and making short jerks at the wheel.
1: puts into the thickest trees you can find!'
0: shouted Jafreen from beneath the wooden framework behind the helm. Turim looked back toward the druid to see her hands at her knees, sitting cross-legged on deck. Her staff lay across her lap. What?
1: Steer towards the trees!
0: shouted Simpha incredulously.
1: I'm trying to keep us in one piece, Jafreen!
0: Jafreen's eyes were already closed. Her mouth made silent words. Streven stood over her. Trust her, he said, looking back and forth between Simfa and Jafreen. She'll help you. Simpha growled to Ugh. herself.
1: All right, I'm not sure I have much choice anyway.
0: Turim met her eyes, trying to be reassuring. Inside, he was barely holding it together, just like the airship. The first bows touched briefly as Zympha descended. Scrapes at first quickly became louder and more frequent as the holes started to impact. Turim glanced across deck to everyone. He found that Minikin stood, staring down at one of the Griffins and dark and bodies that lay there. Of course. He was almost envious of the Kithkin. Minekin had crashed to bits without a single flicker of fear in his heart, his last thoughts on who knew what. The branches cracked, struck harder beneath the helmet. Then, suddenly, the noise eased, their speed slowed. Term looked towards Simpa, who had the same baffled look on her face, then back at Jafreen. The cloud racer slowed to a stop and lowered gently towards the ground. Term rushed to the edge, looking over the port side. The branches? Tatara buzzed up to his shoulder, looking down.
2: Yeah, she can do stuff like that sometimes.
0: The pine needled boughs lowered the cloudracer down to the level of the grassy glade it was being set into. Dry leaves and grass kicked into the air, dancing like butterflies before the airship's skids finally rested aground. <sighs> Jaffreen let in a long exhale like a breeze across the plains. Thank
2: you, Lady Maplebow,
0: said Term quietly. This frequent use of magic was going to become a problem, but it was one of many, and he still couldn't linger on it. Simpha stomped past him.
1: Dirt-eating griffins!
0: She cursed, waving the steam aside as she opened the door below deck. She threw her hat down angrily.
1: I told you to keep them away from the propellers!
0: She huffed, peeking back out the door.
1: And throw those bodies off my airship. I've got to go take a look at the engine. I pushed her as far as she can go for the moment.
0: Striven dropped the rope ladder and helped Jafreen over the edge. Tatara flew after Turn watched Darf descend behind them, pushing the integrity of the rope to its limits before he hit the ground. After, Darf made sure his arm was well bandaged, then moistened his finger and held it aloft. Then he went. The others waved goodbye. He didn't return the gesture, only grunted as he headed northward into the ancient wood of the stretching Modokaz forest. The trees in that part of the Modokaz were grayed with age and had thick trunks more than three times as wide as Darf himself. The dwarves who lived underground had struck the roots many times, and the forest was made stone-color, absorbing the metals and minerals in the ground. Drum realized Minekin was still standing on the other side of the deck, staring down at a slain griffin. Beneath it, the red pool of its blood had gathered into its own puddle, and now a trickle ran over the edge. Master Shadowstar?" Minekin turned his head toward him slowly.
3: I think I know why
0: the Dark Elves wanted me dead. Term nearly stopped in his tracks.
3: I was a
2: little concerned. You've been staring at that griffin in the Dark Elf for a very long time.
0: Not the griffon, rose Minekin's voice. The Sea of Blood.
3: Tassacon rise upon the sea. I don't follow. I'm beginning to think that there might be a Dragon Army fleet already waiting at sea or approaching the Bay of Ixador. What? Why do you think that?
0: Asked Turm with surprise. If it were true... That would be a terrible turn. It's the best plan
3: I can think of," said Minekin. They must want to march ground troops through Tasakon. That's the reason they need to eliminate my Kran. The reason they have to eliminate me.
0: Minekin's elbow rested in the palm of his hand as his arm folded across his chest. He looked down to the blood.
3: Sink of the Corias River. They can't march troops across it without crafting boats or going far north. If they set sail with a fleet of ships, they could go undetected for some time. Long enough that our response couldn't stop them from
0: marching all the way to Daltaria. Minekin was right so far. The Coelius River ran between the Modokas Forest and the plains of Sirik. It made a lot of sense.
3: What about the Dragon Wings? asked Term. That's the Dragon Army's true strength. They can only bring Dragon Wings from the east, answered Minekin. And I don't think they'd put all hope in the dragons then then hold back the ground companies. Not if they're making one of the greatest strikes they've ever made, as we suspect. I think the Dark Elves were hired by the Dragon Army as pawns to draw out whatever resistance they could find in Tassacan so it could be eliminated. They've attacked us several times, but never succeeded. The Dark Elve Raiders were the only ones who knew of our existence in Tassacan. They discovered us during a raid against our city when we were forced to reveal ourselves to protect our folks this fall. None have ever escaped us before,
0: but they did. Term's mind started assembling the pieces. He reached down to the griffin and used his head to signal Minekin to help. Together they began to drag the beast to the edge.
2: No disrespect, but I was never able to understand why they drawn you away. Why they wanted you dead.
3: I think they wanted all four of us dead, Minikin whispered. Zakran has a hard enough time functioning with the Magistrate against us. Without leadership, they'd be hard-pressed to defend Tasakan as they came from
0: the docks in the bay.
3: Let God be with us. We have to come up with a plan.
2: I need to think.
0: The two finished disposing of the Griffins and Dark Elves, tossing them overboard. The deck was streaked with blood still, but there'd be time for cleaning that while they were in flight, assuming Simfa could fix her. Turim held in the fear that the dragon army could catch Genova in an attack from the east and south at once. Minekin's idea had a lot of merit. How could they defend it? The stomp of Simpha's boots made their presence on the stairs as she came back from below deck.
1: You done with that yet?
0: She asked. Turim made an exaggerated hand wipe. All set. How'd repairs go?
1: We should eat now, said Simpha. I can finish up the repairs in a bit. I've just about got the tools put together for the broken seals. I still have to shape up the new fittings for the main pipeline, though. And then the propeller is going to take some more
0: work. Term looked at her, and then he took another glimpse around the area.
2: I'm not sure we should linger much longer. The modicars can be dangerous.
0: Simpha put her hand on Term's shoulder.
1: Commander, I'm not taking us any further before we have a decent meal. Let's sit right here on the grass. I know you want to hurry. But we can't keep going without food.
2: I don't mean to go without food, he replied, shaking his head. But we should eat on the deck while we fly.
1: No! I'm tired, and I want to sit here for a little bit. There can't be any dangers here that you can't protect us from, Turim. There's a pile of griffins, some pale elves, and dark knights back at ease who'd agree with that if they could. And that's just in the last two days since you showed up at my uncle's pub. And if the Dragon Army is nearby, then we're too late in our warning, anyhow.
0: Her eyes looked weary as she went down the rope ladder, and Turim knew then that he was pushing too hard.
1: Please, Turum,
0: she went on after they all came down into the grove.
1: I at least need to eat and rest, if not the others. Piloting an airship without ceasing is a wearying work. I'm hungry. I've worked at the Mint Hippogriff without any travel for quite a while now, and I'm used to eating whatever my heart pleases. Let me get used to this.
0: Term looked over his shoulder at the rangers and Minekin. They'd been too far off to hear his quiet debate with Simpha. He was glad. None of these folk had been trained as he had, to keep going no matter what happened. And though he believed many of them, especially the rangers, probably could... He supposed they'd all welcome a brief hour in the glade. For a few moments, Term gazed around the grassy clearing, silent in remembrance of Warren. He'd fallen somewhere amidst this forest. So much had happened in the past several days, the thought of Warren's death now felt distant and far off. The clearing stretched out west, narrowing after a few miles. All around the edge were the last brave and sturdy flowers that would remain before the chill of winter sent them away. Poking up through the grass here and there like dark rabbits were tall boulders that had broken gravel under each of them. Dark shadows cast long to the west beneath the stones. When he looked over his shoulder, he saw the three rangers returning from the edge of the clearing.
2: I'd never forgive myself if they ended up like Warren.
0: While Tatar and Striven sat down on the grass, Jeffreen stood at the edge of the forest, her arms outstretched, taking deep breaths.
1: Where did Darth go?
0: asked Simpha. She appeared almost sad by the departure of the half ogre as she came up to the others.
2: I'm sure he'll find a gladiator's arena in
0: one of the dwarven cities, answered Turim, folding his arms. He can do what he wants.
1: That's good,
0: she said, adjusting her hat.
1: We ought not to have left him in the midst of a lonely forest with only his club for company. Don't be so sure he's all alone,
0: muttered Jaffreen as she slowly turned to everyone.
1: Still, I feel at peace standing in the woods here. It reminds me of a small grove of trees back home on the island. It's called the Greywood, where the trees grow with bark that looks like silver.
0: Straven looked over to her. It's a special place. After they'd retrieved the food, the company took a seat amongst the greenest parts of the grass. They could only spare a small amount of water from their flasks to wash away the worst of the grime, even with the new supply Manikin had acquired. They ate with vigor unseen by such a gathering of people. While they sat sharing the food, Term looked around at each of them, trying to distract himself from the itch that set off again. They traveled together for a while now, but he still barely knew them.
2: <coughs> will your uncle miss you?
0: Term asked Simpha, clearing his throat. Simpha looked to the rangers and then back to Term before she answered.
1: If you mean, will he miss me because he cares for my well being? Then yes, probably. But if you mean, will he wonder where I am? I've traveled a lot. For the most part, I've disappeared from Centralland to go to the other parts of Ease. So, not so far as Darapel, but as they say, gone is gone. She was a great help during the Black Dragonite slave raid on Ease," said Jaffreen. Before the Knights of the Badger managed to set a leaguer around the fallow marshes. Ah, oh, those poor brave knights,
0: said Totara wistfully.
1: Now even the leaguer fails.
0: Jaffreen brushed her hand across the grass as she sat.
1: Still, Simph's done everything she could. Ever since she was a little girl.
0: Term exchanged gazes with Minekin. Sinfa's cheeks were blushing now, and she looked down and took another bite of her pumpernickel.
1: You've listened to me, Master Shadow Star.
0: Simpha changed the focus from herself.
1: But you haven't said much. I don't know anything about you.
0: Term rubbed his mustache carefully like his father used to do when deep in thought. Then everything blurted out. Minekin. Your
3: city guard is small, right?
0: <laughs> Indeed," said Minekin, almost laughing at how sudden Term had cut in. The
3: guardsmen's skills are simple,
0: but if my crown was able
3: to cooperatively fight alongside the city guard, we might be able to drive a small fleet away. The outcome is uncertain. The Braktaran is no military force; they'll have difficulty taking Dark Knights in a head-on fight. But we do know the city, and that provides us with our own advantage. Term swallowed.
2: I may be able to send reinforcements, if it's the will of my Grandmaster. If our cavalry were to arrive in time, the Dragon Army might be driven from Tussakan, Assuming their forces aren't insurmountable in size, that is. No matter how much we prepare, we can only make an estimate of what troops will come from the sea. It's a hard ride from Grendelok Keep, though. You have to hold until they can arrive. Can you do that?
3: Or die in honorable death doing
0: so, replied Madigan.
2: Well, that was all... "'Rather serious. Has anyone ever mentioned you're good at spoiling, pleasant chatter, Turm?'
0: Totara said with lowered brow, smiling. Turm let out a small huff. (sighs) "'More than I'd care to admit,' Straven eyed the little fae. "'It answered some of the questions I had, anyway.'
1: "'Important as that seemed to be, you can't escape our questions,'
0: said Totara, turning her eye on Minekin with a rascally look again.
1: "'How much Turm
2: knows of you?' is an open question." In any event, he hasn't told us much.
0: <laughs> Manikin lowered the bite of napa he was about to take and put his hands in his lap. What do you wish to know? He asked quietly. Tatara's wings buzzed as she hovered over Jaffreen and Striven.
2: You're the only Kitkin I've ever met. And for that matter, the only person I've ever met who wears a mask. Questions? Of course I have questions!
0: Term chuckled at her enthusiasm. I <laughs> don't think we have that kind of time. The fairy wasn't deterred.
2: Do you have any family?
0: No, he
3: replied. My father was lost at sea. His ship was destroyed by the dragon army. My mother died of the Grey Flu several years ago.
2: Oh, I'm sorry,
0: said Totara, actually hesitating for a moment. Don't be, said Minekin. They lay in peace now. Term shifted upon the grass, his armor squeaking.
2: My friend Sand lost his mother to the Grey Flu also. He is my lieutenant. The one I told you was supposed to retrieve me from the island.
0: Term looked up at faint cloud cover as he said this, wondering what Sand was doing, and judging the time.
2: I think we should be making our way back. We've rested a while now. Day tarries onward, and Sinfa still has some work we can perhaps help with.
0: Jaffreen lay on her back. She turned her eyes toward the Modokaz forest as she began to rise. (gasps) Look over there! she said. There's a
1: little animal just under those low-hanging boughs."
0: The small creature had crept out from the shadows and approached the companions, sniffing around. It was a forest raptor joey with slick green skin. White stripes poured down its back as if a can of whitewash had been spilled over him. Jeffrey smiled and sat up straight.
1: Isn't it adorable? Maybe in your eyes, but not mine,
0: shouted Simpha as the little lizard snatched a loaf of her bread. It ran toward the forest, its little rear bouncing up and down upon short limbs as its tail followed closely behind, jumping to her feet. Sinfa gave chase to the joey. "Wait!" she shouted.
1: "Come back with that. Find your own meal."
0: The others laughed as Sinfa walked briskly to the edge of the forest, disappearing just beneath the canopy of green.
2: "Hurry back, Sinfa,"
0: called Turum. He felt his own restlessness. He hated the feeling he had, ignorant of how long it would truly be before the attack. It felt like a thundercloud hanging overhead. Standing then, he gathered the remainder of the food, stuffing it into the sack as the others did the same. He looked skyward, walking toward the airship. A few light wisps of grey rolled in. It was definitely past midday now. The grass rustled in the breeze and the boughs gently swayed. Wind came from the east, and he could smell the sea scent in it. Then he thought he spotted movement out of the corner of his eye, though he wasn't certain. He stood stone still. His instincts told him something was wrong. The wood spoke to him, warning him. The grass gave heed to foul things amiss.
2: Straven, will you fetch Sinfa?
0: Called Term to the ranger, his heart quickening.
2: She hasn't returned from the edge of the trees over
0: there. I'll get her, replied Straven as he strode toward the forest. All at once, things went ill. Term saw movement off to his right in the grass, a black tail curled like a snake before receding into the scrub. He looked to the wood to see if Striven had entered yet. It was too late. Striven was down, tackled by one of the dragon men called Dragonites. Its wings furled out behind it.
2: Jaffreen! Minekin!
0: shouted Turm. But the other Dragonites already slithered from the tall grass surrounding them.
2: We're under attack! Quickly!
0: His words cut short. The breath of his attacker felt warm on his neck. Term spun, drawing his blade. In one swift cut, he hewed the creature's arm and head from its torso. A green spray painted his armor as he tried to wrap his thoughts around the sudden attack. No time. Another came close behind. Its screaming hiss was all Term heard before it slammed him to the ground, trampling and pinning him down. His sword was torn from his grasp. Dragonites were all around him. They roughly bound his arms and legs, overwhelming him with numbers and strength. There was little he could do to resist. Their weight was crushing, and he fought to even breathe. Stars swarmed over his vision and he felt himself dragged across the grasslands. Hazed, watery thoughts filled his head of the others. Were they being killed right now? Where are they gone? He entered the deep of the Modokas forest, the dark green boughs overhead. In short order, he felt himself hoisted up and thrown. He struck metal and straw. His head hurt and his shoulder felt on fire. Was it sprained? That didn't matter right now. He rolled slowly to a sitting position, grinding his armor against the straw-covered bottom of a large, barred cage on wheels. When he looked around, he realized he wasn't alone in the prison. In the corner, dirty-faced and fearful, sat a small, halfling girl. Brown, curly hair framed her face, and her big green eyes were sad, and it saddened Turum to see them. He wondered how she'd come to be there in the steel cage. He scooted closer to her, smiling the best he could past the paint. Hello, my lady, he said, trying not to frighten her. The halfling girl stared blankly for a few short moments.
1: Hello? They've caught you too?
0: she asked finally. So it seems, answered Turim, his voice grave. He tried to stand, but there wasn't room.
2: <laughs> I hope my friends are all right. If I've drawn them into a situation like this, and there.
0: He didn't finish. Your friends have also been put in cages, she said. See? Over yonder. The halfling girl pointed. She still seemed wary. I'm not going to hurt you, assured Term, pushing toward the bars. I'm a prisoner too. She nodded. Will we die in this place, mister? Term looked to her and feigned a slight smile.
2: Not in this place or any other. If we can
0: help it, he swallowed. Don't worry. She looked like she needed a little hope. As he peered through the bars, Term saw they were in a line of several cages similar to the one he sat in. The one in front of him held Straven. He looked dead, face down in the straw of his cage. A sickening feeling welled up in Term’s chest. He turned to the rear. The cage behind held Simpha. Her forehead was bleeding, but she looked through her bars back at him. Five Dragonites stood guard around her, and she couldn't speak just yet. They jabbed their spears at her whenever she tried, but her eyes showed fear. She was afraid of what might happen when they arrived wherever they were headed. Term could only imagine how many of the Ysians had been put in camps by Dragonites, forced to build the very weapons that slew them. He continued his search for the others. His frantic eyes scanned up and down the length of cages, but he couldn't see them yet. Where were Minekin, Jafreen and Totara? What had these beasts done with them? Term slunk <laughs> down upon the floor of the cage once more with a feeling of pain deep within, harried by guilt. Yes, he was a little afraid, but the guilt was worse. His country was going to be attacked without warning, probably burned and razed, and now he couldn't stop it. At that moment, the train of cages jerked to a slow, rolling start. Turim took one last glimpse to see if anyone had been left behind, but he couldn't see the entire glade. If they'd killed any of his companions, he couldn't tell. He let his head fall against the bars, slamming his fist against the floor. He was being pulled farther and farther away from Simpha's airship. It was their only means to arrive in time to halt the great battle that could lead to the end of a great country, and ultimately, to the end of a desperate world. term watched until he could no longer see the light of the grassy glade. Then he slouched, exhausted, as his hopes began to fade. He looked once more at Simpha's face in the cage behind him. Tears trailed down her dirt-covered face. No words could explain the guilt and grief he then felt.